0: Hello everybody, my name is Elliot Waters and welcome to the Disregulated Podcast. And yes, you guess right, I'm back in my car. This has been recorded in my car because the sound quality of that last episode was amazing. It was brilliant, crystal clear. My voice sounded really, really good, good timber. So the acoustics of my car are great. Really, really good, obviously. And I suppose, I guess... You know, my social anxiety hasn't exactly disappeared, so that might be part of the reason too, but it's definitely mostly the sound quality. All right, let's move right along. So today is all about my greatest honor. Yes, and what an honor it is. But before I tell you what it is, we need to set the scene. Okay, so I am a lived experience volunteer presenter for the Black Dog Institute. So, of course, my loyal listeners, you should already know that because I've uploaded two episodes, which are recordings of my presentations for Black Dog. But in case you don't know what I'm talking about, so what I do, I, on behalf of the Institute, go around New South Wales and Australia, giving presentations to school and community groups. And the aim is to improve mental health literacy, get some understanding around what mental illness they actually are and what the symptoms are what we're looking at what we're up against and then also contrast and compare to my own story so which is really good so the black dog institute is a research institute based in sydney with the university of new south wales and they are dead set one of if not the best and i'm being serious the best research institutes for mental health across the lifespan in the world so i'm very i'm very lucky and privileged to be able to spread the gospel on behalf of the Black Dog Institute. So hopefully I, I do that justice. Um, so this week, this week was my return to face-to-face presentations. So because of COVID, everything's been on Zoom and I'm not a big fan of Zoom and I'll say why shortly, but it is good to get back face-to-face in front of an audience because in front of audiences, you can actually see the non-verbal body language, behavior, communication, it's all there, the feedback. um, Whereas with Zoom, you just can't. It's a bit sterile. You don't really know if people are picking up what you're putting down or vice versa. So it's good to get back in front of live audiences again. And it is important because, so I don't, when I do these presentations, I don't prepare. Now I do that on purpose, although I think that started because I've got ADHD and I used to not prepare because I wasn't organized enough and because I get so anxious before these presentations, I didn't want to even think about it. But anyway, the the official line now is that, and this is true, is that I don't prepare because I want to go in with no preconceived ideas and let the audience direct me on where the presentation should go. So it's more genuine because, especially with the kids, you just cons- you just know when you're hitting the right... The right topics. So for example, if I'm going through the different mental illnesses and then I mention ADHD, quite often a lot of the boys will start sitting up a bit straighter. They'll look up and actually make eye contact with me and it's like, hey, hey we're on here, Elliot, we need to hone in on the ADHD part. And then there we go. But I mean, Not every audience is like that. Some ADHD doesn't appear to be a big thing, but anxiety is. So it's like, all right, well, I've got stories about anxiety too. Let's, let's do that instead. And I think that's the best way of doing it because really, like I'm there to, to impart knowledge to my audience, but they're the ones that know what knowledge gaps they have. So yeah, I much prefer face-to-face and it's just more organic and human. So as someone like me, that's, I guess... Well, I'm emotional, but that's not really what I'm thinking. But you know, really I really value those deeper connections, even if it is with an audience that I'm only going to be seeing for an hour. The the face-to-face presentations are so much better. Um so it's been really good to get back there. So th- these presentation this week was at a high school and I did the whole school, separate years. I was there all day. My voice was just about gone by the end of it, but it was great and they were great kids. And they're doing great things at school as well. And, and that's the thing. These schools now are doing amazing things, things that were never there when I went to school. So you might be asking the question, though, Elliot, how can you do that, though, if you've got social anxiety disorder? And I tell you what, that's a great question. And I get asked it all the time. I got asked it after I, I presented to year nine at this high school. Someone asked me this question. And it's a good question. Because on paper, it doesn't make sense. So this is the story. It all boils down to meaning and purpose. Meaning and purpose, which is huge anyway. But it's definitely huge for me being able to do these presentations. Um, If you want to read something, a book that's really good on meaning and purpose, just going to throw this out there. Uh, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Great book. Highly recommend it. Really good. Anyway, moving on. So... Obviously, I get very nervous before these presentations. So the night before this week, I'm going to go three hours sleep, didn't eat breakfast, barely had dinner the day before or lunch. Um, So I'm getting up there ready to present. I'm nervous. I'm tired. I'm hungry. But we still did it. And the reason is, the purpose I have for doing these is that I don't want other people to have to go through the rubbish that I did. It's that simple. Because especially with my story, there's a lot of checkpoints along the way where things could have been different if people were talking about mental health, if I knew more about it or other people knew about it, but none of that was around when I needed it most. So my first thought with mental health was year five. So I was on the monkey bars. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was on the monkey bars and I can only assume one of the girls didn't talk to me or said she didn't like me and it crushed me. And I was hanging off at monkey bars and I remember thinking, I just want to live a life without being nervous all the time. Now, that's a very profound thought for someone in year five, but, you know, that's what happened. So, but the thing is though, so this sort of continued, this train of thought, and then it, it sort of grew from being nervous to being sad as well. And you know, and embarrassed. And there's the social anxiety. We've got the depression building. We've got the general anxiety. It's all building. Although I didn't know that that's what this was. I just thought it was sad. I thought it was embarrassed. I didn't know. So anyway, all through high school, no Elliot coming to to the school on behalf of the Black Dog Institute, but there was an Elliot there who really needed to know what was going on. And eventually, by age 19, after I'd done some research on the internet, because I was, you don't talk about this stuff with people, so I had to do my own research without anyone knowing, I was pretty convinced there was something going on, and at age 19, which is a long way away from year five, I finally got the diagnoses of depression and anxiety, which, if you've listened to enough episodes, you know that that's not the full story, but at that point it was. But as I said, all along there, if if there was mental health literacy, if I knew what was going on, if people around me did, if we knew there were services available, I didn't know that, the I barely knew what a psychologist was, things could have been different. So my purpose, meaning and purpose is I don't want, like I said, these kids and adults too, obviously, the community stuff, that's just as important, but I don't want the kids to be going through that as well. So I want to arm them with the knowledge and empower them to figure out for themselves what's going on and then create a framework for recovery. That is what I want. And inherent in in that is that that purpose is bigger than me. So when you're depressed, it's so important that you have a purpose that's bigger than you. It's a real protective factor. But it's also important if you're about to go up on stage and present to, I don't know, 500 people and you're freaking out, you need a big purpose to lean back on and say, right, it's all right. I've got my solid footing here. So that's that's pretty much what I've tried to do. So I want to improve outcomes in the community. That's a lot bigger than just me. So anyway, so that's how I do the presentations. Do I enjoy them? Not particular. Well, I enjoy them when they're finished. And I usually sort of goes like this. The first five minutes, I won't remember. And I'll disassociate and I'll just watch myself talking and just hope that it makes sense, but wouldn't have a clue. Then when the five minute mark hits, I tend to snap back to reality, but I'm still really nervous. So although I'm now aware what's going on, I'm still very nervous that hasn't disappeared yet. Once we hit about the 10-minute mark, that's when we start getting in our groove and it's like, hey, hey, this is good. We need to remember that this is good so we don't get nervous next time, which never works. But anyway, um, so yes, but it is a great feeling when they're done, that's for sure. But, you know, this is the key. This is what this episode is all about. So at the end of the presentations, I always say, right and let's use the schools the, as the um, example. Righto, anyone, do you guys have any questions? You can ask me about anything, um, any mental health-related stuff. Uh, Yeah, so go for it. So there's always a couple of extroverts that will put their hand up and and ask some questions, which is good. Um, And then everyone will leave, but there's always a group, a couple of students who will stick around at the end, and they don't quite know if they should come up to me or not. This happens all the time. Um, And... I always say, yeah, come on, you guys want to ask me something, come on. And then what happens next is my greatest honour because these kids let me into their world. They say, this is my story, this is what has happened, this is what is happening, this is how I feel. Do you have any advice? And hopefully I do and, and it's something that's meaningful and can do some good. But I am just in awe of these kids that come up and tell me, their most rawest memories or experiences and they don't even know who I am and you know it's a great I guess vote of confidence for me that they trust me but man I just think because you know they want to ask you can see them when everyone's getting up they they want to but they just don't quite have the the confidence so I like to try and get near the door just so I can sort of pick them out and be like hey did you want to ask something but yeah and it's some of the kids you know they're going through some stuff and The fight, the determination, the inspiration, it's all there. All they need sometimes is someone to say, you know what, you do have this. You've got this. Keep persevering. You'll get there. But it is my greatest honour that they let me into their worlds. It really is. Um, So, yes, but it is always quite sad. And this is the hardest part of the presentations because a lot of those kids will tell me things that I'd love to help but I just can't. And then when I leave... I always look back and think man there's so much more to be done this is just hopefully a bit of a start but wow and it's it's very sad because you want to help everybody but you just can't but hopefully you can say one or two things that resonates and might you know give them that extra lift hopefully to really you know get things on track and yeah yeah but and what is also good too is that a lot of the time, it's actually the individual who's going through something. It's their friends that will come up to me and say, look, our friends doing this or going through this, what should we be doing as friends? And and I, I really, although obviously I'd prefer it if they didn't have to come up and ask those questions, but that is the next best thing. If if, if you got your friends group asking questions on how to look after them and, and more about mental health and the best way forward, that is a very, very good sign for that individual's prognosis, that's for sure. So yeah, so to sum up, that is my greatest honour, is listening to these kids' stories and the fact that they trust me enough to let me in and experience what they've experienced. And it's really great too when there's commonalities between my stories and their stories because, yeah, it's, it's, it's good when you can sort of put your heads together and go, right, you know, we both have experience here. Let's Let's try and come up with an action plan so yeah really amazing stuff and that's that's another reason why i can push my social anxiety into the corner and keep on keeping on because those kids deserve it that's for sure all right well there's another episode done in the car i reckon it sounds pretty good hopefully and um as always as always please like subscribe and share and if you want to follow me and contact me on instagram you can do so at elliot.t.waters thanks for listening i do appreciate it i'll see you soon goodbye